Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, to issue 29 of DC Primetime here on the Next Level Podcast Network. And do you know what your Patronus is? Because Rob and I just found out. <laughs> we were like, we should get going. We should start the show early today. I'm like, hotter more. Patronus. <laughs> Obviously a difference uh, from DC. I mean, not related to DC. Although, uh, we're going to have, um... holy crap. I'm already, it's we're literally less than a minute in and my mind is already blanking. The kid from uh Harry Potter is gonna be in the flash. I forget his Tom Felton. Tom Felton, that's it. Man, it's I was just be, like, where are you going? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. It's gonna be a fun episode. It's gonna be a fun yeah. issue. Uh but no, the cool thing about this issue is we are back to business. Which uh I'm looking forward to. We are gonna be talking about the season three premiere of Gotham. Uh, as well as uh, episode two of the Telltale series Batman, which I'm looking forward to talking about as well. Yes, Children of Arkham. Yes. So if you don't already know from the warning in the beginning of the podcast, which, uh, Rob, as you mentioned, I have to change because it does say may contain spoilers and every issue that we do does contain spoilers. It's so, like, well, most definitely contains spoilers. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to have to change that at some point. I'm going to have to redo that. But we're giving you fair warning right now. We're giving you spoilers to both. So you have been warned. But um, should we do it? Should we just jump right into it and start talking about Gotham? So should we just do bullet? We'll just do the classic bullet point. We'll get back to the normal way we do the show. Let's do, since we've got our two things to talk about, let's give our rating and then we'll jump into Secret Origins, break that down, and then we'll chit-chat for a little bit because there's really no news this week, yeah. as if you've probably noticed on the Facebook page. And I'm sure your voice could use the rest, or at least your lungs could use the rest, because you usually take a big, deep breath before we do the news. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, yeah, I get to re- re- you know, relax a little bit today. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Watch, there'll, have, be like, some kind of, there'll be some kind of big breaking news while we're in the middle of recording. I'm like, oh, and we're getting out. God damn it, it's not 30 <laughs> minutes anymore. <laughs> Uh, we were saying short show, short show, short show, and I think we might actually be able to have one. Yeah, but as you mentioned, too, we're back to our format for the shows, which is we start with bullet points where we give our three point, one of three point rating, either sidekick, uh, sidekick hero or legend, uh, uh, secret origins, which is where we actually break down the show and talk about what we thought, and then we have news and recommendations as well. I think there's something else in there we usually do. Well, it's called DC it. Essentials. And then that's news and recommendations. That's news and recommendations. So. Yeah. So, all right, let's start with the bullet points then, and we'll start with Gotham season three, episode one, the season premiere. And Rob, we'll start with you. Um, hmm. actually, it's funny as as we were talking about our prep for the show, I, I forgot to even kind of put ratings on anything, and I'm like, crap, <laughs> I didn't think about that. So I'm gonna kind of go off the cuff here. Um, I'm gonna say hero. I will go hero. Um. And, you know, I'll say it's a strong hero since we don't do the number ratings. But strong hero. Uh, curious to see where this is going to go. 
Uh, uh, yeah, same with me. It's a strong hero. I wanted to give it a legend, uh, but I'm not quite ready to do so yet. I have to see a little bit more of this season. I got to see another handful of episodes before, um, because I'm not. I'm, I'm just not 100 percent sure yet what the season is building to. But yeah, uh, it's, it was a lot of setup uh, and just a lot of setup. I mean, there was fun moments that had nothing to do with potentially plot lines, like. The Butch uh, side story uh, with, uh, you know, Tabitha was cracking yeah. me up through the entirety of the episode. But, you yeah, know. well, we'll get into that when we do the, the Secret Origins. Right. Um, but now we have the Batman Telltale series, episode two, Children of Arkham. What would you give this one? Legend. Oh, yep. oh yeah, it was good. <laughs> super good. Short, but super good. Really, really good. Um, a lot of cool stuff in this episode uh, that I'm really looking forward to three now. Like, I, I wish... I wish when you bought the season pass, you had early access to the whole thing. Oh, that would be nice, but alas. But, yep. So, uh, cool. So let's move in now into the Secret Origins portion of the issue, and let's break down Gotham episode one of the third season, aptly named. I should have this at the ready, and I don't. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we're, we're, we can knock the rust off of the off season right now, so so we're going to do that as the show is recording. Yes, and not it, edit it out because that takes time and effort. And well, it's, it's not it's not the time and effort <laughs> that I'm worried about. It's um, or that I that I worry about. I I like the all natural of everything. Oh yeah, well it's not even that though too. It's it's generally it's been a long time. It feels like since we have done this, uh, yeah, like yeah. the traditional way. I mean like. The annuals is one thing because we're doing something completely different. Like, we're not using the traditional format. We've got our own questions. And as I was sitting here thinking about the season, I was thinking about, oh, who was the best character? What was the worst character? What was the best? I was like, no, that's not our show. Um, it's not an annual. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's getting back to the normal uh, normalcy of the every week. Yes. So, uh, But thank you for that vamp in time because it allowed me to look up what I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, aptly known, Better to Reign in Hell. Uh, the plot synopsis of the episode is Gordon works in a monster-ridden Gotham as a bounty hunter and seeks to find answers about the Indian Hill escapees and why their powers appear to be killing them. Bruce's doppelganger roams the streets and Barbara and Tabitha open a nightclub called Sirens. Uh, so let's jump into it. Uh, what were some of the highlights and some of the lowlights? I know this episode had something... There's one thing about this episode that I really, really loved, and you kind of touched base on it a little bit. This episode, at least to me, seemed like it had a lot more humor than past episodes. Yes. Uh, And that is, as you mentioned before, too, was in the form of Butch and Tabitha, the kind of side story between them. I love seeing Butch as like a little lovesick puppy. I think it's... Because he's still a badass, but it's it's almost brings a little bit more touch of humanity to him to see him this way. Because well, we've yeah. we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, but I think what it was was it was him being the lovesick puppy, and then Cobblepot standing next to him and like, can I please just kill her? You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's like I'd kill you if it, if he didn't love you. And as soon as he says he doesn't, you're dead. That's that's all that there is to it. And just being so open and honest about that. Um, but there was a couple really awesome moments in this episode. Um, right off the bat, I gotta say, Tabitha and Barbara having the nightclub. I'm really excited to see where that goes because holy crap, did we see a very unhinged Barbara once or twice in this episode? And it was so much fun. I love Stabby Babs. She is yeah. a fun, fun, fun character. And it's um, it, it's one of those moments too that it, in the club when um, 
the one local mobster comes in and tries to take over the club. And that moment when she starts to like cry and everything. And I'm like, Oh, I cannot wait to see what's going to come of this. Cause you know, her character and you know, that's not her and it's all an act. And it's like, okay, this is going to be cool. Within seconds is Tabitha is just dismantling them one by one and her just laughing her ass off and then beating the shit out of the last one and killing them. Yes. So much fun. Um, but yeah, it was fun. There was a lot of fun highlights to that. Um, we got more exchange between Enigma uh, and Penguin again at the start of the episode, which was a great scene. It was just him coming to visit him in Arkham, you know, giving him the little puzzle boxes like this has been gone through multiple families. Nobody's ever able to solve it. Blah, 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 blah. And then as he's all talking about this puzzle, like it's like it's done. OK, that's great. Why you keep coming here? And it was those moments were what made this episode a lot of fun. Yeah. And. Uh- Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. And I got to say it because, holy shit, Man Bat, out of nowhere. Seriously, we get Kurt, Curtis Langstrom. They never named and dropped him, but we have Man Bat in this damn episode. Yes. Or the start, proto version of Man Bat, which was cool as hell to see. And I will say between that, and I was very excited to see Man Bat. I thought that was an awesome little nod. Uh, and hopefully we do get to see more of that throughout as the season goes. But I will say one character that we were introduced to this season, because we were uh, we were introduced to a number of characters this episode, one of them being Victoria Vale, not Vicky Vale, uh, but uh, very obviously the same character. And we also got our first look at Killer Croc. Not impressed. Uh, well, maybe it's just me, but I, I was not impressed. Well, I mean, it, it he didn't do anything. He was just in the background with... Fish's gang, like he didn't say anything. Um, it was just that quick moment, you know, in the middle of the episode as he's standing there, you're seeing the scaly, scaly dude just chilling there in the background, just a big hulking guy, and that's it. So, yeah, I, I'm sure it was just kind of like, okay, there's this threat in the background, and hopefully I explore that in a couple episodes. I would assume that's what's going to happen. I think we're what we're going to see is as far as the metas, well, not metas, I don't, I don't even know. I guess the experiments is the best way to put it because all these people came out of strange. Um, that we're we're gonna probably see them as the focal point one by one, and maybe some of the episodes. Maybe these are our monsters of the week, where it's gonna be dealing with, you know, drunken, drunken, uh, alcoholic, angry Gordon, one by one, making them step in front of trucks, and that's <laughs> basically what it's gonna be for the rest of the season. Oh, on that note, um, I am very much liking this gordon um it's it's very it's it's very different from the gordon we all know from the comic books um obviously um we had a good laugh about this actually rob yesterday with with your friend glenn um you know he had said that he stopped watching gotham as all of us had done that you know we fully admit and one of his biggest concerns was he didn't like the goody two-shoes gordon and that had us chuckling because that is the furthest thing from what he has become at this point. He is a murderer, he is a bounty hunter, and he's an alcoholic. He is nothing – he is as far as goody two-shoes as you can get at this point. Um, yeah, I, 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 I got to say that there's a part of me that doesn't like that at the same time. Um, Gordon is supposed to be this hopeful character, and man, this man has got – since season two has started – he has been void of hope, it feels like, in any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't even feel like he's doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do anymore. He feels like he is just very self-serving. And I really want to see that starting to turn around before uh, – that has to turn around before the season's end. Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. Yeah, I mean, this is just 
starting them in a hole, having them climb out of it, very much like season two started, where like, he, look, he's not a cop. He's been kicked off the force. Now he's choosing to be off the force. So I'm very curious to see where that's going to go. And hopefully it doesn't take too long to get there. But I would like to see before we hit midseason that he's back with GCPD. My guess more than likely. And I think I don't know if you agree on this. It, Barnes did not look like he was in good shape. No, um, I do agree with you there. Um, I, I, I think I'm, he's he'll be dead, I think, by by midseason. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And but that begs the, that brings up the point, though, that if Barnes is killed or does die in whatever form or fashion it happens, is that when Gordon takes the mantle of commissioner or is it somebody else? And Gordon is still working his way back. Because I, I can't see him coming back as the broken cop um, to jump right into the commissioner role. Unless that is the one and only thing that brings him back. He, he, the only reason he's coming back is because he has control of the force. He's not I, under I, anybody's leadership anymore. I think what we might see is we're going to see when Bards dies, him come back and be captain. You know? Because I think it's that that is the most likely, I think, to happen because he's not going to be commissioner yet. I mean, you got to remember, well, Barnes is captain, you know. Yeah, and I was it. speaking, I said commissioner, I meant captain. That's that's the role. I'm, I meant taking up the role that Barnes is leaving behind. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, I, I want to see more of Captain Bullock as well because that just sounds awesome yes. in my mind. And like, we got to see that quick moment in the, you know, finale of season two. But I think it would be cool to see Bullock stays kind of stepped up uh, it seems like yeah you know, we didn't get to see much of him at the start of this this episode, but I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of him. And the version we're seeing of him since the end of season two seems like a very stronger Bullock. Yeah, he he definitely seems like he's coming around um, and almost coming more into his own as a as a cop because all that we've seen of Bullock, he's always had a partner, and now his partner this time around is almost in the is is almost Lucius. Um, because Lucius is a consultant for the police, uh, for the department now. Um, and while he's not a beat cop like Gordon was or like Bullock is, he, he's almost Bullock's partner in this now. And But on the street, Bullock works alone. So he kind of does have to come into his own as an officer. Yeah. So I think it's kind of cool that they're putting him in a direction to kind of be a his own character and not just Gordon's lackey, which works a lot better, I think, because he's a strong character. And we got to see a lot of hints of that in season one and season two. And let him do things on his own, I think, is the right move. Yeah. Give us a good, fun side story with him. I think it's a right call. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I think um, I think this this season we could see Gordon become, you know, he'll shake off what's what's ailing him with the whole thing with Lee. And uh, put away some officious folks. And bear in mind, too, I mean, we saw this in the last season. It was that very split season. Like, Mad City, I, when it wraps... I'm sure there's going to be a big tonal shift again in the show. And it's kind of like they get two seasons in one season. So I'm wondering how that'll wrap up. But it's going to be, I think we're going to see him clean up all Hugo Strange's mistakes in the first half of the season. And then we're going to be, again, off to the races for the second half. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, too, it, it, it it's interesting because we don't know, um, you know, we saw uh, things happen to Barnes, which is... Um, you know, that didn't bring him back to the police force. All these, uh, you know, these um, Indian Hill folks are out, and that's not bringing him back to the police force. I'm, I'm very curious what it is that is going to bring him back at this point. And it might be Barnes's death and him, 
being able to take up that role because I think one of the main reasons why he is the the bounty hunter esque that he is right now is because he just doesn't want to take orders and you know he wants to be his own person and go his own way and he can do that as a bounty hunter now and taking the role of captain um is kind of the same thing he can he can make not make his own rules but he's not under anybody's leadership anymore he's not right. forced to follow anyone anymore right um now what was your favorite moment you think of this episode um Oh man, that's a tough call cuz I I like I said I'm a big fan of the the um the whole side story with Butch just cuz that had me laughing the whole time. Um I don't know. Um uh, we there's a couple other things obviously we didn't bring up. We're seeing I think we saw the first step to the older Ivy. That's oh, that yeah, I mean, was approaching. Uh, I would think episode two. I think we're gonna we'll finally see the aged up version of Ivy. You yes, know, you see the uh, the you know Indian Hill inmate that touched her. That was basically kind of as Fish put it, as the reverse fountain of youth. You know. Yes. Um. You know, grabbing her before she fell into the uh, the water main. So I know we did see a shot. I want to say it was about two weeks ago when we posted up a little something about Ivy on the Facebook page, and uh, where you see the new actress emerging from Gotham Bay. And uh, I think that's exactly what we're going to see probably near the start of episode two. Yeah, because she's you, – you can imagine falling into that water main. She's been washed out. So that's going to tie into that scene that we, we just – you just mentioned. Um, the other – oh, man. We have to talk about it just because it's part of the episode. Fish. Fish Mooney. Um, I'm hoping – what we're seeing with Fish now, is, as well as the rest of the Indian Hill, and, you know, we got a touch base of it in the beginning of it with Killer Clock. They're stealing drugs because their life is not... Um, well, I don't think that was Killer Croc that we saw Gordon Square off with in the beginning. I'm pretty sure that was not him. See, what I've what I've seen, and from what I've read, that was Croc. And that was one of the reasons why I was not impressed. The one that was hit by the bus? Yes. Huh. See, I read it completely different because there was another inmate in that little warehouse scene that was this big, huge, tall, hulking dude that had green scales all over him. And that looked more like the Waylon Jones that I thought of, you know, versus the weird kind of odd looking dinosaur man <laughs> that we saw in the beginning of the I, episode in the pharmacy. I, I can read it. And who knows? Maybe this article I'm reading, but this article I'm reading is from IGN. And IGN says he beat that proto-killer croc, played by Michael Montgomery creature, at the top of the episode by sheer luck. And then basically yeah. continued to, raid, to ride that wave of luck through the rest of the episode. So, I, And that was the impression that I got, too, was that that was killer croc. I mean, maybe I'm wrong and, and IGN is wrong and we just got the wrong impression because I don't think they ever named the character in the they show. They never did. And for me, that's what what I thought it was. I was like, oh, that's Croc. I don't know if I like how he looks. And then later on, we see this big, huge, tall dude with the scales. And if I can find a screen capture of it, I'll, I'll post it up on the Facebook page. But not quite sure if uh, which one that was supposed to be because, again, it was never named. Yeah. So it's – I mean, it, that character very much looked like he was dead, like he was hit full on by a bus, um, you know. I'm not quite sure. I mean, granted, they've done odder things in the show, like Theo Galvan being resurrected from, from the dead <laughs> and becoming Azrael. So, I mean, who knows? I generally don't have an idea of what they're quite doing. Or yet, Fish Mooney but... coming back and having the ability to influence people. 
Right. So can, uh, can, can I touch on that too? When do did that happen? What do you mean? When was she given a ability? Uh, you saw it in the end of season two, three episodes from the end when she wakes up in her cell, and the guy brings her a sandwich, and she's like, what is this? And then she's like, and she grabs his hand and says, bring me a grilled cheese. And he's just like, oh, okay. And then he comes back, and she's like, did you bring this to me? She's like, you asked for this. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. I do remember that. I kind of try and... And my brain just thinks of Archer. It was like maybe season one, season two, right after he's had like uh, the microchip put in his brain, and he shows up at, you know... Mallory's files and it's holding a gun to where it's like, grill me a cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just made an Archer reference out of Fish Mooney. Oh, God. Because <laughs> now I just want to see John H. Benjamin as a villain in this show. And that it's just would be walking around. And that just... would be fantastic. Oh, that would be wonderful. But that's all I could think about when that moment happened at the end of season two. So. <laughs> grill me a cheese. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we're seeing fish and all of the Indian Hill folks, um, you know, going after drugs because it's what keep it's what's keeping them alive. And, you know, at the same time, Penguin wants at fish. He wants to take her out a second time once and for all. And the whole time, man, when that scene happened at the end of the episode, I'm, I'm probably going to say that was probably one of my favorite scenes of that episode was the end with was at Oswald declaring that he you know he wants fish dead and because not only because i think it was a great speech and oh the police police station uh police station moment yes but yeah oh yeah but i also i also want to say it had me rooting for oswald like i don't know if it's more my hatred for for fish mooney or if it's just the and the speech that he or it's the speech and the acting that you know Robin Lord Taylor does as Oswald, but I'm rooting for Oswald this season. I want to see him finish her off. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. And, and you know that's the big thing is it's got to be him that finishes her off. But there's another X factor that's still out there potentially too. Is Carmine Falcone comes back heavily this season and he's got a big bone to pick with her as well. So my question is, and I would assume it's going to be Oswald that gets to end that moment. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Falcone kind of gets in the way of that a little bit. Yeah. So Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that as well. Um, interesting fact. I don't know if we've ever talked about this or not, and I notice it every time now. Um, the waddle that Robin Lord Taylor does as the penguin. Do you ever, did you ever read how he does that? No, I don't. He actually, and and I've read this in multiple occasions, and we're actually going to have an opportunity possibly to talk to him this coming weekend when he's at Walker Soccer Con. Um, he has a thumbtack in his shoe Ooh. so that he kind of forces himself to walk like that because he doesn't, he's, he's felt that it wouldn't come natural if he faked it. So he actually has something in his shoe that kind of pokes at him a little bit that kind of forces him to... Like, it, it makes it a more natural waddle like that. Hmm. Interesting. So I don't know if he still does it, but when he first started doing it, that was actually what he started. That was what he did. So hmm. uh, I found that interesting. And if we get to talk yeah, to him this weekend, cool. I'll definitely question him on it and see if we can find out the abs- if that is absolutely true. Indeed. We'll get it right from uh, the bird's mouth. Yeah, but I got to say, uh, pretty solid start of the season. Um, it, it was a very big setup episode. This is not coming out with a massive bang, but it, I think this is more of a, here's our characters, here's our players, this is the setup. 
And we have a pretty good idea what this first half of the season is going to be. It's Gordon going after everybody from Indian Hill. Uh, the Indian Hill inmates trying to track down Hugo Strange. We saw them kill Mrs. Peabody, which I'm perfectly fine with. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, very much looks like a Barnes that's on his way out. We did get to see this that uh, that other so-called Bruce, Bruce Wayne running around. Um, um, yeah. And I, I, I don't quite know where they're going with it. It's the only reason I haven't brought it up is we have nothing to go on except he's around. So, well, the other thing that we have yet to mention about this episode, too, is we see Bruce taking on the Court of Owls. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's I forgot the the eighth fight that has happened in the den of Wayne Manor. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we see him address the board at Wayne Enterprises and basically call out the Court of Owls, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and because we're definitely seeing Bruce come into his own, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Um, you know, in, which all finally wraps up with the Court of Owls uh, fighting Alfred uh, in the den, which is basically a distraction to kidnap Bruce. Yeah, which is my guess is that's our first look at a Talon, at least in Gotham, uh, more than likely. You know, it, it was very, uh, I, I, don't even, I guess, kind of Green Hornet kind of looking, uh, the character, the way that they did them. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I very much would assume this this is our first look at a Talon. Um, and then, you know, again, Alfred getting the shit out of him as, again. <laughs> yep. And, and I love that they bring up, it's like, so did we change the security here? And they're like, yes, we did. And, oh, look, somebody else has also broken into this room and is now going to severely hurt Alfred. <laughs> and it's funny because that seems to be a running theme between these DC shows. Uh, because just for a prime example, I... I watched um I I completely finished rewatching season 1 of The Flash uh and I just started season 2 this morning actually and I got to the second episode oh the pilot episode or the premiere episode of season 2 and at the very end of that episode is Caitlin saying you know we upgraded security nobody will be able to walk in here without anybody knowing it and then in strolls Jay Garrick oh yeah <laughs> just completely at, at random through all this beefed up security, Jay Garrick just strolls in. So it, that seems to be a running theme is that upgraded security doesn't mean anything. I am actually opening up uh, Microsoft Office real quick. And I am going to actually start a tally of how many times the Den <laughs> and Alfred get broken. Uh, you know, the Den gets broken into and Alfred gets the uh, shit kicked out of him for this season. So while we're starting, I think this is a wise decision. Okay, that's, that's good. That's so. a good idea. So we can refer to this again later in the end of the season and when we hit the annual. So we can we can have our little tally list. So we'll have something for maybe something for every show. Is this break in watch? I I don't know how I would want to do it. I don't know if it should be break in. Let's see. So we'll say Gotham trope list. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd say trope, but. <sighs> Gotham sins. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to say, let's see, episode one. Alfred. Beaten to shit. <laughs> that works. Wayne Manor destroyed. <laughs> well, not destroyed. Well, Wayne Manor den destroyed. Yes. Okay, so, cool. Perfect. But, but all in all, uh, you're right. A lot of setup, um, but I think a solid start to a third season. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm on board, and I'm looking forward to where this is going to go. You know, we'll get to talk about episode 
episode two next week. Indeed. So, uh, cool. Let's go. Let's head over now to the video game side of things and Batman episode two, uh, Batman the Telltale series, episode two, Children of Arkham. Uh, I don't know about your copy. Maybe because we're both playing on two different consoles. I'm actually playing on Xbox One. You're playing on PS3. Um, the beginning scene um, in the alley was very glitchy on my end. Um, there were times where like backgrounds were were completely black, uh, depending on camera movement. And then as the camera moved, they kind of came in. Um, I don't know if yours was the same way. I did not have any artifacting in mine. Okay. All right, so it, um, I, maybe it's just the Xbox version, or maybe it's just right. the version this that is, I installed. Yeah. Bear in mind, this is uh, you're on Xbox One, I'm on PS4. Um, or PS4, so, yeah, not PS3. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the biggest thing I saw, and I can say right off the bat, and I'm sure you probably saw it too, because this has happened, seems like, in every Telltale game. Did you notice some frame rate, frame rate issues as well? A little bit. Not enough that it bothered me, though. More, more than, I think, the first... 20 minutes of the game that I saw in the later part. Well, that's what I'm, that's, that's almost a little bit what I'm referring to as well, too, is it, it's frame rate issues to the point where, you know, certain parts of the screen were black. And so it's, well, it, it could not, be, I'm talking more frames per sec. Like it seems like their animations were stilted and stiff where it was jumping, like their arm moved. And then it was kind of like a little skip. And then it was a little bit further than it should have been. But this is played, I think every telltale game. Yeah. Uh, I know everything that we've seen so far on Xbox one, this generation, what you're mentioning is a lot of pop-in and artifacting where backgrounds are not fully loading in. That's something that played PS3 really bad last gen. Uh, PS4, I haven't seen much of that, but I still am seeing the traditional um, Telltale Games um, frame rate problem. But that's been, I've seen I mean, reports already of that as well as on PC, not just uh, you know Xbox One and PS4. Uh, I don't know if the game, did the game actually come out on 360 and PS3 I think well? it did come out on 360. I do not know if it was released on PS3. Okay. Um, That's something I can think of. Because when about. I looked up, because we created the image um, for the Facebook page about the likes contest that we're having, which we'll get to in a little bit. We'll, it, it, we'll it remind is you a PS3. little bit. Yeah. We'll, 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 oh, okay. But we'll remind you of the contest in a little bit too. But when I was searching for... Uh, which which ones it's on? Uh, I know Xbox 360 did come up, so it's so. Yeah, but it, P- it's, it's, if it's on PS3, that's great. Yeah, it's on all. So, so. Uh, a couple notes I made for this. I'll, I'll I have two, and then we can go into more detail. Any notes that you have, and we can kind of recap what the story that happened in this one as well. Um, two big notes that I have written down. One that is the most detailed we have ever seen the Wayne's murder. At least at, from what I know. Um, yeah, I, I think that was the most in-depth. I mean, granted, too, bear in mind, um, we got to get something out of the way before we do that. And because this is spoiler-heavy, and I know it just came out this past week, but it's not long. It's almost the length of watching, like, Flash or Gotham or any of these things. Yeah. There's a plot thread in this that may really bother a lot of people with the Batman mythos, um, which is the Wayne family history ties to the mob. Um, so very much... Heavy mob family. Obviously, Bruce is not falling into that, but Thomas and Martha had a lot of correlation to the mob. So, um, seems like the death, their death, was very much tied into uh, a dispute within the mob. Uh, it was the a mafia. mob hit. It was a mob hit. Yeah. So, kind of the way that we're kind of seeing that. It seems like in well, as far as uh, Gotham is concerned, it's it was had very much had ties to that. It seems you know? yes. 
Um, and by the way, before we go into any further detail and spoilers and such, um, I, I'm going to start putting timestamps in the descriptions. So if you have not yet played Batman uh, episode two, um, you will know a time period to to. Uh, so that I'd say at the end of our conversation, but also a time period as to what to go back to after you have played it. So you can you can go back to this issue and actually um, listen to this portion of it after you've played it. So um, the other one, note I want to make mention of, too, uh, and it's not really spoiler or anything, but the bar scene, the bar fight. Holy shit. That was my favorite part of that episode. That was fantastic. I love that. That was from. The music in the background, you know, to the the action and the interaction with with us being able to choose the moments and, and, you know, God, that was so great. Like, I want to go back and replay that part. Yeah, no, that was phenomenal. Actually, you know what? One of the things that I'm wondering, do you want to talk about our choices? I do, because I'm curious what some of yours were. Okay, well, I'm going to pull up a list real quick of what the choices were for episode two. Um, and see if we can go through and uh, figure out how this will play out. Well, I know so. I know some of them off the top of my head already because it's still a little fresh in my mind because I did play it last night. Um, I know uh, one of them. I'm trying to think. Um, one. Uh, well, I know one of them is to whether or not to. I have them right here. Okay. So, I, is, um, so the five major points are if you try to ease Falcone's pain with morphine medication. That was or the first choose one. Choose to yep. hurt him. Did you try to kiss Selena? Yep. Did you vi- visit Mayor Hill as Bruce Wayne or Batman? Did you withdraw your funding from Harvey Dent's campaign? And did you choose to save Selena or Harvey in the end of the, of the uh, episode? So, um, Some of these points were bigger than the others. Yes, uh, very I, much the one at the end. Yes, <laughs> well, I and that's the thing. I'm curious how the other way went, so I don't know which one you chose. And again, we don't know. We've never discussed this yet, so we don't know which. I don't know what Rob chose, and Rob doesn't know what I chose. So, um, starting with the first one, then ease his pain or make him suffer. What did you choose? I made him suffer. Oh, so did I. <laughs> I did not. And and I found too cuz at the end of the episode they give you where you are in relation to everybody else. That was I was relatively low on that one. I was too. Uh a lot of people chose to ease his pain. Yeah. Uh and you know, like I said, I know some of this stuff may not make sense for a couple of you. So before we actually dive into these, let's talk about the actual plot threads of the second chapter really quick. Okay. Then we can talk about these. Maybe they'll help give a little context to the situations that you're thrust upon. Um, so I guess we can say previously in Batman Telltale, um, we saw Bruce Wayne is working alongside Harvey Dent because we didn't talk about the plot threads. Right? We just kind of talked, hey, how's the game? Yes, no, and all this. But uh, so basically, you know, Harvey Dent is running for mayor, um, trying to overthrow Mayor Hill, who is the very corrupt mayor in Gotham. Bruce Wayne, being friends with Harvey, has decided to help work alongside of him, help fund his campaign. And uh, in addition to this, as all this stuff is happening, you are dealing with Carmine Falcone or Falcone based on however it's, you know, it's, I think, Falcone in the game. I think it's been brought up as Falcone in multiple other ways. So choose how you will on that. It's the Rachel Ghul Ra's Al Ghul moment. Um, and uh, when Falcone kind of comes to the mix and says, hey, you're going to make sure that we 
take care of uh, Hill and debt stays in and all this crap. And we're going to make this work because you're going to work alongside the mob. You fat, your family has ties to it, blah, 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 blah. And Bruce very much disagrees with the statements being made. He has no knowledge of any of this. And it turns out, yep, the Wayne family is very much a mob family in some ways, shapes and forms. And they helped kind of create Gotham. So in the mix of all this, in the end of episode one, we see the cops now gunning after the Wayne's assets. Um, The Wayne family name is pretty much being dragged through the dirt. And it looks like, you know, they're seizing his accounts, all these fun things. So episode two picks up pretty much after Falcone is dealt with by Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So So do you want to dive in from there? Um, And then we'll, we'll kind of gloss over the general plots of this yeah i mean we you know from the beginning of this we see um i'm trying to remember this starts in the alley correct yeah we we see basically the idea of alfred and bruce going back to crime alley you know in front of the infamous monarch theater and kind of him trying to remember the last moments of his parents' life to see if there's anything he can remember. So we kind of see this pseudo little detective mode, not quite what we saw, saw in the warehouse in uh, uh, the first part, where you're linking moments to the environment and seeing if you're trying to find more and more from it. This was more just him walking up to iconic spots in the alleyway and seeing Joe Chill walking down the street, having a conversation with his father, and all these moments, and just Alfred and him reflecting on those moments together. Yeah, uh, which leads us into the next moment, which is Bruce going to see Falcone or Falcone uh, in the hospital because he needs answers as to his father's ties to the mob. Uh, you know, Falcone at this point is you know suffering from the effects of his fight with Batman from Episode One, uh, so he is in the hospital. He is on morph. Well, he's not on morphine. He's but he's you know he actually not in the hospital. He is oh, he's actually in the, he's at- in GCPD. He's in yes. GCPD because Bruce, Bruce Wayne did hand over basically everything needed to shut him down and his organization down, handed it off to a very green Gordon. Well, not green, but he's definitely been around for a while, but uh, not not commissioner yet. Still Lieutenant Gordon. Yes. So uh, which led us to our first choice uh, in which we already revealed what our choice was. Um, you have you come to a choice as to whether or not you can ease his pain with morphine or you make him suffer through it. Um, so in which we both revealed that we made him suffer because I, God, if given that situation, I would have done the same exact thing. Why, why do most of the people choose to ease his pain? I don't get that one. Well, make, make him suffer was not just not giving him morphine. It was also choking him yes. as Bruce Wayne, which was pretty intense. It was a little bit more extreme than I expected. Yeah. And it, I guess it is kind of, against character for me too because like all all of my other choices at least in episode one because i'm i'm going to go back and replay this game after all six episodes are out and i want to do it from the opposite extreme of what i've been doing like right now i've been playing it as the good heroic batman you know nobody dies and and such um so i guess that was kind of against character to do well, that. you know, this is a tipping point. You now can go in the other direction if you want. I could, but I've... I... Or maybe if you would... How about this? Why don't you play clean Batman and I'll play evil Batman from here on out. <laughs> clean and evil Batman. Um, it doesn't matter to me. I, I still think, you know, we could... I, I, okay, that, that sounds good. We'll do that. I can play a little bit meaner. I won't go full hardcore mean, but I'll, I'll make it maybe a little bit more violent. Uh, we'll say Frank Miller Batman. Yeah, because in this way we get both both sides of the uh, of the story. 
So uh, the next scene we find is, uh, well, obviously, are we going to go full spoiler on this? Um, we can we can go into some of the major points. We can go into the our, our scene choices, but uh, we don't have to go through the entire plot threads because that you might as well play the game at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so I guess the next is we have our bar the, the barroom moment between Bruce and Selena where they're talking a little bit more. They realize who each other are. Um, he knows she's Catwoman. She knows he's very much Batman because of a couple telltale marks they left on each other in a fight. So, and uh. You see him asking for help trying to find who is the corrupt force in all of this. And Oswald is going to try to kill Selena. So in the mix of this, we get an amazing barroom fight that Ben mentioned already. That was a ton of fun to play. Yes. Um, and which results in the end to our next alternate scene if they're ducking away from the cops. And you have a moment to attempt to kiss Selena or just let it be. What did you do? Uh, I attempted. I did too. Yeah, so I, that's why not. Exactly. I mean, you. We know the historic. We know the romantic history those two have um, in the past. So I thought, why not? You know, this is just the. This is the kickoff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I absolutely attempted the kisser. And as all this is happening, we're finding out more and more and more that there's another player into this whole mix between Falcone and Thomas Wayne, which is Mayor Hill who is, has additional ties to the mob as well. They all kind of built Gotham as everybody knows it in this universe. And you're left with the moment of to confront Mayor Hill as either Bruce Wayne or Batman. What was your choice? Batman. I went Bruce Wayne. Really? Okay, so this is the first difference. Uh, yeah, I, I went as Batman. Okay. What happened for you? Um, You see him outside of the building, and uh, you see Mayor Hill talking uh, on the phone in which Bruce cuts the power to the building and goes in. And it's basically an intimidation. He's not um, very physical with with Mayor Hill. He, he does get physical with him at one point, holding them to the balcony, but he doesn't hold him over the balcony. Uh, you know, pretty much just holds him up to it. Uh, it's more just for intimidation more than anything else. And it's, it's, huh? it's an interview, and it's, it's an interrogation. This was a very heated, heated, angry, angry, vitriol discussion between Bruce Wayne and Mayor Hill. Um, and it resulted in security guards removing Bruce from the office. So this was uh, sounds, uh, sounds very different in the way that that plays out. Yes. What, so. Do you get any kind of results? Um... Um, you get a little bit more information about what's going on. You have an idea that Hill was indeed the one that caused everything to happen, but... You don't get definites. It feels okay. like yeah, it that's... feels like there's some some still some thread still loosely hanging. Um, that's pretty much what it is in, in going as Batman too, because the the scene does break up when security does come in. Yeah, so, but he doesn't fight security. He basically just drops the smoke bomb and, and leaves. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then uh, like I said, we uh, now basically deal with one of the last moments is uh, rushing to now try to attempt to save Harvey as Oswald and his men that are working alongside the children of Gotham, which is, seems like a new big bad, potentially. Not quite sure. Could be another old character that we all know masquerading as somebody new, but they're attempting to take Harvey Dent down as well as Mayor Hill, it seems like. Uh, and in the process of doing this, they're trying to take care of the wrongs that have been treated to the Cobblepot family, and very specifically through Falcone, Mayor Hill, and Bruce Wayne. So, um, yeah, it. But it leads us to the final choice uh, that we have to make, 
at the end of this issue or at the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, and that is, you know, by the end of the battle at the end, you choose to save Selena or do you choose to save Harvey? Yeah. Uh, As Selena has three armed people ready to shoot her dead or Oswald Cobblepot throwing a giant light fixture into Harvey's face. So you kind of look at that moment. And you're like, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't want Selena not to be in my game. Harvey has to become Two-Face, so I saved Cap. And that's exactly my train of thought when I went into that, too. You know that Harvey's going to become Two-Face, but you don't know what's going to happen if you let these armed gunmen come up to Selena. You don't want her to die. So, yeah, so I chose to save Selena as well because you knew Harvey becomes Two-Face is an inevitability. So uh, I kind of just let it happen. Yeah, and I'm, one of the things I'm kind of wondering is because we, we're seeing some kind of rage break out from people through this drug that's kind of the present focus of the game that Oswald's dealing with with the children of Arkham. And see people kind of inhibitions go away. And I'm wondering if our big bad is potentially a scarecrow. Um, you know, I thought about that too. But then I kind of I looked more at the, the, the big bad, whoever it is. It looks like it almost has a female stature to it. Um, I'm thinking it's a female. Uh, now that's not to say they, you know, that Scarecrow could just be the scrawny, skinny guy, and it could fit perfectly. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking they're not going to go the way of Scarecrow, and I think it's going to be something different. I'm kind of hoping for something new, but so far yeah. it's been super fun. I will say this: the episode is a lot shorter than the episode one that we saw for this, so I'm not quite sure. Um, as far as what your thoughts were on having a drastically shorter one, but I think it was a tighter story. And and because of that, I didn't mind that it was shorter, to be honest with you. Um, I, I was having so much fun playing it that by the time it was over, I was actually satisfied with the episode. Yeah, it ended at a great point. I, I think it ended at a really strong point, so... Nothing to worry about, I think, with that. I think they're off to a really good start. They're doing a good job of getting episodes out in a timely manner. Let's see if they can do that with episode three. But I am uh, I'm really enjoying this so far. The Children of Arkham episode was really solid. We know episode three hopefully will be out next month. They're still saying all six should be out. Or not six, five episodes should be out before the end of the year. So be nice. So maybe we'll see something. Maybe we'll see a double up in October. Maybe we'll see mid-October, and then, uh, or, yeah, mid to at the end of October, then probably we'll see something, uh, you know, November and then December for everything. Yes, yeah. but so far, so good. Really solid. Really happy with everything. It's been a lot a lot of fun, and I love the way that they go about um, the combat, the dismantling the room, kind of linking, you know, villains into specific items to be like, okay, well, I'm taking this guard out, smashing his head into the door, which shouldn't make any sounds because of this, this, and this. Then doing, you know, from him, I'll jump to the next guy by, you know, knocking a, you know, a light fixture into him, and then I'll signal Catwoman to take out the third guard who could call for help. It's funny too because you bring that up, and it, it really does make you think when you when you do stuff like that. Because at one point, like I'm, I'm definitely thinking ahead because you know, there's one 
uh, you're, you're bringing up the, the scene where there's the three guards and there's the one guard the furthest away by the door. And, you know, when you click on him and you figure out which things you can interact with, one of the things is the door itself. And I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that because that could knock him through the door and I could let Oswald know that there's something going on. And that's not you really do start to think ahead when you play this and when you make those choices. And I love it. Yeah, they, they're doing a really good job. I, I don't think right now this that this is my favorite Telltale game by any stretch of the imagination, but it's really high so uh, high up on the rung so far. It's been enjoyable, um, and they're doing a good job with the source material. They're very much making it their its own thing. Again, it's that idea that we always bring up, like the Elseworlds. Let this be its own story. It doesn't need to follow any classic canon and continuity. Let it be its own thing. It's doing a good job doing it. I'm really curious to see where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, uh, cool. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the next segment of the issue, and that is DC Essentials, where we bring you our news and recommendations before we get ready to wrap things up. Uh, not a lot of news, as Rob had mentioned before. I think maybe only one or two things. Uh, I, I've got two. Okay. Um, and that's it. And it's kind of sad to say, because the last couple of weeks, it feels like I'm just spilling out lists constantly, <laughs> but not quite that case this time around. Um Pretty much all we have to go on at the moment is for New York Comic Con, which is coming up very, very, very soon. Uh, we do now know that Justice League Dark and Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders will both be aired at the convention. Sounds like on October... Let me look for it here. October 6th, we will be seeing Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders will premiere at New York Comic Con. And then it will feature a panel followed up afterwards with Adam West and the director, Rick Morales, and the screenwriters, Michael Jelinek and James Tucker. Wow, that's and then, that, that's kind of odd, too. I mean, just uh, just because it's the first day of New York. That's a Thursday. That's not their largest well, crowd. That's true. But ultimately, you know, we do see that it's pretty normal now that Thursday and Friday are becoming almost full days as well. Friday didn't used to be. Friday is a featured day at most conventions. Um and I think it's just because this that con is getting bigger and bigger. It is now larger attendance-wise than even San Diego Comic Con. And, and so. I will say, too, I have been to New York. Um, I was there a couple years ago. I didn't like it. Uh, and that's at the Javits Center. It's correct? at the Javits Center. And it's or Javits, It's yeah. more uh, – and, and this is just my opinion on New York. To anybody who's ever been to New York and loves it, you know, it's, it's, you, you know, it's no thing. But I, I attended uh, New York Comic Con about three years ago, and – like you said, attendance-wise, it's bigger than San Diego, but it isn't a it's in a much smaller venue. So, well, the funny thing is, it's based out to the point where it's easier to get to things than even San Diego because it sounds like the San Diego Comic Con. Because I've known a couple people that have gone there, and they said that is harder to move around than New York Comic Con. I, I I've never been to San Diego, but man, I kind of disagree because with with the floor. I, like I, when I go to cons, I like to shop, and and you know I bring home a lot of cool stuff. When I went to New York, I brought home one thing, and it was basically because I couldn't stop at tables. You know, you you're kind of pushed through the entire floor, and you you kind of have to make loops around the floor just to be able to approach a table. And when you're yeah, at that's, the table, that's kind of the story I hear about San Diego, but I heard it's drastically worse. And when you're at the table, you're you kind of can't stop. You're, you're still kind of pushed forward. Yet you're fighting the crowd just to stop at a table to look at stuff. Um, yeah. And I, I, I really, really did not like it. it. It's way, it's a smaller venue than San Diego, but it's a greater attendance. And for that reason, I think, man, they, 
I understand those cons are all about making money and getting people in through the door, but they got to cut the attendance at a smaller amount than what they've been allowing in because it's it's too much. Yeah, that's just my well, opinion. I mean, yeah, no, like I said, I mean, I, I, I've heard both stories. I've heard that both of those conventions, if you're a fan, unless you want to see all these big things, you're, you're paying a lot of money to wait in long, long lines. But beyond that, though, there are some of the best cosplays you'll ever see. Oh, absolutely. And you'll have a great time regardless, but it's not like something like Wizard World that we see in Philadelphia, which is getting massive as well in scope. But it's uh, it, these, cons, these two cons now are becoming almost impossible to be able to really, really fully enjoy yourself because they've gotten so large so quickly. It, it, you have to buy four-day passes to all of these cons to, in order to, to, to enjoy, enjoy everything, yourself. and you have to go all four days. Uh, because yeah. they're so massive in scale now, which don't get me wrong. Like we, I know at least for Wizard World, you know, we, we've gotten press access before and uh, that's great, but it's still it's still massive. And yeah. but I still love going to cons, man. They're still a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, it looks like on the 8th uh, at that convention as well, we are going to see they have a kind of a contradiction here. So I'm not quite sure. I apologize for this comic book. Uh, comic book dot com states that Sunday, the 8th. Which is not no, that's, Sunday. that's Saturday. Yeah, I think it's Saturday. The eighth is more than what they're, is more what they're thinking, uh, but it could very well be Sunday the ninth. But we will see the first footage being uh, featured for Justice League Dark, uh, which does star Matt Ryan reprising his role as John Constantine in animated form alongside Etrigan, Batman, Deadman, Zatanna, and I believe Swamp Thing is in there as well. Um, but. Uh, we also know as well, going back to Return of the Cape Crusaders, Fathom Events is going to be doing a special showing on Monday, October 10th. Um, so, yeah, uh, bear in mind, if you want to check that out before it comes out on VOD, which is the 11th, just the day after, so very similar to how they handle Killing Joke, um, that will at least air for a one-night-only event at Fathom Events on October 10th. Cool. So is that it for news, or...? Uh, and I'm trying to see if we have anything else to go on here. We do have a little bit of season premiere description for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So if you want, I can read through that really quickly because we do know somebody very much involved that we didn't know was involved in season two's premiere. That's right. Forgot about that. So the episode is titled Lost and Found, guest starring Stephen Amell. And the synopsis for it is after the defeat of the immortal villain Vandal Savage and the exposure of the corrupt Time Masters, a new threat emerges. Dr. Nate Haywood, an unconventional charming historian, is thrust into the action. After making a shocking discovery, Nate seeks out Oliver Queen for help finding the scattered legends. Once reunited, the legends continue their mission to protect the timeline from temporal aberrations, unusual changes to history that spawn potentially catastrophic consequences. Their first stop is 1942 to protect Albert Einstein from being kidnapped before the Nazis destroy New York City with a nuclear bomb. So very, very interesting sounding. Uh, and it sounds like in addition to that, we're going to be seeing both Ray and Sarah having a mission of their own to take down Sarah's now new nemesis, Damien Dark, after the death of her sister, Black Canary. Yes. So... so 1942 to kick it off for Legends, though, so kind of cool. I'm excited. I mean, I know a lot of people were just kind of, like, on the fence with Legends. They watched it, but they they didn't think it was anything, you know, awesome. I, I very much enjoyed Legends. I'm looking forward to this second season. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, too, I got to say the synopsis for this. I don't know if it, it's just me, but this feels very Doctor Who uh, on, on this setup of Albert Einstein and Nazis trying to destroy New York City. Oh, yeah, it's almost back to the, um, uh, what episode is it? Let's Kill Hitler. 
episode yeah, of, uh, yeah. of Doctor Who, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, as far as the rest of the news is out there, there is a brand new trailer for both Supergirl, which is the, I forget what it's called. I think it's the, the Sky Skyline trailer, I want to say. I think, called. yeah, I think you're right. Uh, where we are seeing Superman in action for the first time, uh, full on and actually interacting with Kara, which is quite wonderful. And we have a now new full trailer for The Flash Season 3, kicking off what Flashpoint looks like. And it's the two flashes are better than one. And then it says, until one flash forgets. Yes. You know? So it looks very interesting. Uh, they even dropped the Kid Flash name in that trailer, which was made a smile, I think. It was a lot of fun to check out. But uh, in addition to this, while there isn't a lot of news, uh, we can bring it up briefly, but there now are three new reviews out there. Uh, and me and Ben were trying to figure out how we want to handle this. So we're going to do this as lightly as humanly possible. Uh, we have not seen these shows yet, but the there are full now reviews up on comicbook.com. So you're allowed to you know check them out if you want to. We will not post these on Facebook um, because we still want everybody to be able to enjoy it on their own first and foremost. But uh, it sounds like the first episode of Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash have all been seen by a lot of press. Uh, we haven't seen anything about Legends of Tomorrow quite yet. But uh, Ben, do you want to dive into some thin, loosely discussed topics of some of this real quick? Um, it's... I- I'm glad you brought this up because I was actually going to bring it up if you didn't. But um, it's we're, we're seeing... Honestly, it's it's touchy because I don't want to give anything away, uh, and we don't want to. We basically want to review of them ourselves, which is why we're not posting these to Facebook. Um, you know, we want to wait until we get the opportunity to see the episodes and review them. Because I mean, you know, reviews are basically opinion pieces, so we may not agree with what they have to say, and or you may not agree with us if we agree with them. So it's. Um, but there are a couple notes in there that I'm definitely enjoying. I know in particular with Supergirl. Uh, you know, the review is calling it one of the best hours of superhero TV ever created. That's a lot to live up to. Um, but I'm not saying it's not possible. Uh, I know a couple notes in this, though, that I'm very happy with and I'm very pleased with. Um, I'm trying to find exactly where it is in in the... Um Oh, here it is. Uh, the episode is as Richard... This is a line from the review. Uh, the episode is as Richard Donner inspired as you can get without actually playing the John Williams score when Superman comes on screen for the first time. This means that folks tired of the stoic Superman from Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman should be very happy with the premiere. Uh, but it also means longtime viewers, regardless of their feelings about the current state of the DC Extended Universe, will be rewarded for close attention. Um that that makes me very happy because I'm I have not been happy with the Superman from the DC extended universe, uh, and the other line I think that really makes me extremely pleased in this because this is a, has been a big concern of mine and I have addressed it on on the podcast. Uh, while the chemistry between Hawkland and Melissa Benoist, who plays Supergirl, is a high point of the episode, it should be clear that this is still very much her story. Because I was always worried that Superman was going to take the focus off of Supergirl. And I'm very happy to read that uh, that is not the case and the attention is still on her. Yeah. So um, Yeah, that does make me really excited. I mean, again, it's their opinion. We have no idea. We haven't seen it. We can't form our own opinion yet. And we will do everything in our power not to allow this to impact it one way or the other. So, um, you know, as far as Arrow, Arrow sounds like they did say, 
don't expect this massive, big, bombastic first episode. It's a lot of setup, but uh, the reviewer did kind of say that the setup sounds more, it looks a lot more promising than they expected or anticipated, and it looks like it could be going somewhere very special. Yes. Uh, and as far as Arrow is concerned... Um, that was Arrow. Oh, that was? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Flash. That's what I meant, yeah. Um, as far as Flash is concerned, they um, you know, they pretty much say that they, they hit the ground running right from the very beginning when it comes to this. And I think you had mentioned to me yesterday, it has been confirmed Flashpoint will only last for two episodes. Well, not officially confirmed we do know episode two is basically i think it's titled parents or Af- aftermath it's one of the two i'm pretty sure it's paradox but more than likely um it sounds like everything starts falling apart of that episode where in the realm of tv that usually means we need to address this now if that is the title of something that means it's the direct correlation the direct threat it has to be addressed immediately or things go to shit very quickly yes. so more than likely this kind of helped helps back up our thought process that this is really two episodes very similar to how they did earth two um it was like welcome to earth two and then escape from earth two kind of idea so i think that's exactly what we're going to see here that episode kind of title locked that thought process up for us a lot more than we were anticipating even when we talked last week but um and it did say a little bit more about this flashpoint uh do you want to dive into that that thought process real quick um yeah there they said pretty much that, you know, the comic book goers, it's not going to be the flashpoint that comic book goers are familiar with, you know, where it changes the, the scope of the entire universe. Uh, I mean, we've been hearing rumblings for a while that it is going to impact Flash or it is going to impact Arrow and it's going to impact Supergirl and such. Um, but it seems more and more just from the review that we watched that it's pretty much just going to impact Barry. And that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, this is not some story where we're going to see Aquaman in the background fighting, you know, people from Paradise Island as the world is fractured in half and it's Thomas Wayne running around as Batman. And this is not that, it sounds like at all. Yeah, it, this is very much a Central City story focusing on Barry and because of the changes he made, how the world is different and it's what's different by him. They're not... I don't think we're going to see them, oh, over in Star City, this is what's happening. And over in Opal City, this is what's happening. I think it's very much, it's just directly what's related to him and the care, the people that are in his life and knows and loves. Yeah, and which is kind of confusing a little bit, too, because, I mean, while I'm fine with that, uh, you know, we've been hearing rumblings throughout the, you know, the past couple months that this is going to impact all the shows and this is going to have repercussions throughout the rest of the season of Flash and I just don't know anymore. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm kind of glad because now I'm going into this completely unknown, not knowing what to expect at all, and I kind of like it. Yeah, this is very much like one of those moments where you thought you knew everything and something small happens, and you're like, oh, we I don't think we know anything. It's been so much speculation from so many outlets that we kind of fall trapped to that sometime. I mean, we openly admit it's because we are so excited that we will grasp on any piece of information we hear and be like, that would be awesome. And we spit our own thoughts into it and spit them out here because it's us speculating. It's, it's our opinions on these shows and what we want to see. And kind of, we have our own string theory. It's string boards that are in our rooms kind of like, Oh, if this happens and this has to happen over here and blah, 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 blah. But we know if something major changes, we, all of our thoughts are going to go out the window very quick. Yes, yeah. So I'm liking the fact that they kind of, you know, uh, they're going the route that they're going with Flashpoint or this mini version of Flashpoint because 
the rest of the season is completely unexpected now. Like, I don't know what is going to happen. I mean, we know from the trailer that during the, the events of Flashpoint, we're going to see him confront the rival. Uh, do we know if the rival is still going to be the big bad when they come back and Flashpoint is corrected? Like, we don't know anything past these first two episodes. Like, is the rival somebody we already know that is now a villain because of Flashpoint? All these things. Yeah. So much could change. So, yeah, um, it's I, we're in the complete unknown now, and... Man, it just makes me anticipate October 4th so uh, much more. You know, because we're now kind of getting to the end of this, because that was kind of the end of the news. There was something I brought up to Ben, and because you dropped the one idea on me, and I brought it up to you really quickly. I, I have a fun idea. I don't know if this is going to be a giveaway, but I'd like to see what people do with it. Maybe we'll turn it into something or not. But if people want, I'm going to put a post up on our Facebook page. And I would love to see people come up with their top three things they think will come out of Flashpoint or predictions for Flashpoint, like that carry into the universe, whether it's just all in the Flash or something for the other ones. No, oh, your wild choices, if not, not even three. Come, give us a list of your favorite thoughts right now, and uh, maybe whoever wins that will, will, you know, if we don't hit one of those other giveaways, maybe we'll shift a giveaway to there. You mean of whoever uh, makes the as most, far as most accurate? Okay, that's what I was going to say. As, as far as wins, who predicts the most that happens? Yeah. Okay. So we'll keep tallies on that. It's it's the most accurate predictions, and me and Ben will probably play along. And let's say right off the bat, you know, because we don't know much about the Supergirl one, I'm not going to say that's a gimme to anybody because we could all be completely wrong. So if everybody throws in Supergirl becomes part of the main Earth, sure. If you want to say that one, go at uh, go at it. But I want to see how many things people get out there. Wild speculation, just crazy thoughts, and let's see let's see who comes out on top on this, just for fun. Okay, that works. So, and maybe next week what we'll do, because we're getting really close to that episode, next week me and Ben will give ours, if uh, news is still really slow. We'll come up with our whole list, and me and him can battle it out against each other, and you guys can kind of dive into that on Facebook, and then we'll go from there. All right, cool. Uh, in anticipation to wrapping up this issue of DC Primetime, I, of course, want to recap our contest that is running right now. Uh, you know, in addition to what Rob had just brought up in that we want your help to get us likes on Facebook. Uh, not that we're saying we just want to be more popular, but, but you know, we we want to get the word out there so that other people can enjoy the podcast as well. So what we are offering is that if by October, I know the contest, the, the image on uh, on Facebook says October 8th, but uh, it is October 9th. So there is an additional day in there uh, by October 9th. If we are at 200 likes, we are going to do a contest of some sorts to give away uh, Constantine, the complete series on DVD, Blu-ray or digital download. Uh, and as a pot sweetener, if we get to 250 likes by October 9th, we are not only going to give away Constantine, the complete series, but we are going to also give you uh, we're going to throw in the entire season of Batman the Telltale series as well for Xbox One, 360, PS4, or Steam download, or PS3 now that we know that it's on any of them. So whatever platform you want to play it on, we'll, we'll provide it to you. So yes. so share the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, get your friends to share it as well, and you know help us get some likes. We've gotten a couple you know, since last week that we've done this. Uh, we obviously want some more as well, so... Uh, 200 likes by October 9th is our goal, and that is when we will, if we hit that, we'll do the giveaway. We'll figure out some way to do the giveaway, but we'll, we will definitely open it up to everybody who is a fan of the page. Indeed. And as another quick reminder as well, Extra Life on November 5th 
And currently, as I am saying this, one of the things I'm currently doing as I'm saying this to everybody is posting up the link for Ben's page because I'm just about at goal. So we were going to push Ben's page pretty hardcore on the Facebook page, everybody. That is our 24-hour charity marathon for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Specifically for us, it's Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We lovingly refer to as CHOP. And uh, all that is basically we're going to be playing video games, board games for 24 hours straight. And it's kind of like a little walkathon, but instead of gaming. And uh, we will be playing nonstop with the whole purpose of raising funds for this charity specifically. We don't see anything off the top. The charity doesn't see anything off the top. Everything that you kick into that goes 100% direct to the actual uh, hospitals themselves. And this is something amazing too, just especially as we're getting closer to the Christmas season. So if you can, if you see that on that page, go ahead, give a couple of hours. If you can, if not, share that out to people. This is something near and dear to both me and Ben's hearts. And this is the fourth year I'm playing Ben's second. And uh, we had an awesome year last year, and we'd like to make this one even better. Yes. Uh, and lastly, before we go into our recommendations and cheap plugs, I, of course, want to mention that next weekend in the Philadelphia area uh, is Walker Stalker Con in Oaks, Pennsylvania at the Oaks Convention Center. Uh, it is a walk. It is like a Walking Dead convention, but there are members of the DC shows there. Uh, that being uh, from Gotham, Drew Powell, who plays Butch Kilzine, and Robin Lord Taylor, who plays Oswald Cobblepot, will both be at the convention. Uh, I think there's one or two others, too, but I don't have the list right in front of me. Uh, I know I will be there. I will be there covering it as press. So if you are a fan of the podcast and you... Uh, um and you plan on being there, you know, hit us up on Facebook and let me know. And I think, Rob, you're going to play you're going to be stopping out at some point, too. Yes, I will be swinging out. So 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 if you're if you plan on going to Walker Stalker in Oaks next uh, weekend, which is October, uh, it's the same weekend as New York Comic Con. So it is October 8th and 9th. Uh, no, I'm sorry. First and second. It's this coming weekend, not next weekend. New York Comic Con is the following weekend. Uh, so October 1st and 2nd in Oaks, PA, if you plan on attending, uh, hit us up on Facebook and let us know. And cause we'd love to meet some of our listeners at the same time. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So, and hopefully, so I was going to say, and hopefully we'll get, uh, maybe we'll get Drew to record like a little Facebook live message for us. Cause, uh, he's very quickly become a, f- a friend of the, uh, not just DC primetime, but also the show cast and the, the next level network in general. Um, so maybe we'll get him to do like a little Facebook live video that we can post on the page. Indeed. But yeah, uh, so what's your recommendation this week before we get out of here? My recommendation this week is actually something you had brought up. I don't know if you brought it up on the podcast last week, but I finally got a chance to read it and being uh, Detective Comics number issue 940, uh, which Ah. the Red Badge of Courage issue. Yes, um, which things change big time. Yes, so things have definitely changed in the scope of the Batman universe in that comic issue, uh, and it does definitely run over into uh, other issues. I know, like Nightwing number five is kind of affected by it, uh, as well as Batman number seven. I think. Yep, I think it's number okay. seven. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did read it, and you're absolutely right. So my recommendation: it's part of the whole DC Rebirth right now. Detective Comics issue nine forty. Yeah, basically get caught up on De- Detective, and uh, this is going to have some major, major ties to the DC DC Rebirth special, yes. uh, very specifically. And um, I'm very curious when they hit the big, big, big event for this, how this is going to play into it. So very curious. Uh, mine is actually, I kind of brought it up last week when we were basically saying, you know, 
uh, read the last six years of Green Lantern comics jokingly. Um, but I want to be a little bit more specific, not from that run, but go back because as I talked about, it, I'm like, I'm going to read through em- Emerald Twilight again, which I did. And I forgot how much fun that is. So go track down the trade of that or jump on Comixology. This is when we see Hal Jordan go batshit insane, <laughs> kill off all the Guardians, most of the Green Lantern Corps, and pretty much caused us hell on Earth. But it's such a great, fun storyline. Well worth reading. Definitely check it out. Cool. Uh, so, with that being said, we will do our cheap plugs before we get out of here. I, of course, uh, can be found as part of the Showcast Spotlight now on the Next Level Podcast Network, in which this podcast is a part of as well. Uh, if you are a fan of Last Man Standing on ABC, we actually just interviewed uh, Molly Ifram, who plays Mandy Baxter, the middle daughter, on Last Man Standing. It was a great interview, which is now posted online. Uh, the Facebook page, which is DC, uh, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, as well as the Next Level Podcast Network, which is Next Level Radio online.com yes and uh for me you can always find me at captaincrew.com as ben mentioned as well facebook.com slash dc primetime where you can send us direct emails send us messages get engaged with everybody um and then obviously you know sharing that out to other people we have that contest don't forget those dates it's listed on that page and uh as always if you want to message me any other way as well you can always hit me up at the crew at gmail.com and a special thanks, as always, to George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. We thank him each and every week for our music that you hear at the front and end of the show. I'm still digging through some tracks, and we will probably change up by the time we're at full strength with these shows. But, uh, yeah, look forward to that. And just remember, two more weeks, guys, and then we are almost now at full strength. We have Arrow and Flash joining back into the fray a week after that. It is a five-show podcast. I'm excited, man. I'm getting super super stoked so uh, next issue of DC primetime we will of course recap Gotham episode 2 as well as probably recap a little bit of our time at Walker Stalker Con uh, and conversations with Drew and hopefully Robin Lord Taylor as well that's still in the works Uh, but other than that we wish you guys a great week thank you so much for listening and until then we will see you guys around the bend take care peace